Moncrief on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Yes, indeed, it is time for parenting. Uh, once again, we are joined by Joanna Fortune. Afternoon, Good Joanna. afternoon. Uh, right, first question is this. My two-year-old is a screamer. The minute anything doesn't go her way, she screams at the top of her voice. A piercing shrill. This can be when she's playing with her older siblings, if she doesn't like food, if she's generally upset and everything in between. She really, uh, she doesn't really cry. She does this scream. The minute she wakes in the morning, she screams. She's like an alarm clock at this stage. She's so loud. I find it so unusual and her older sisters never did this. My husband and I have no idea what to do. We tell her not to scream, but we might as well be speaking a different language. Has Joanna any thoughts? Oh, so many thoughts, so many thoughts. But I think actually... At the bottom line, she has found a very effective way of communicating in yeah, your home. It works. You know, it works. That's why they do it. They work because there's nothing more than a piercing scream of a toddler to make you mm. respond to them, to pull you close, or even if only to see what's wrong, what happened, what did you do, or please stop screaming. It always elicits a response. So I think it's very effective in that way. That's why kids do it. And at this age, it's a really effective way to compensate for the absence of verbal fluency. A scream is going to say so much that my words can't. It's going to let you know I'm frustrated, I'm tired, I'm bothered, I need you, I'm just awake. Mm. I Nothing else than I'm awake and I'd like you to come and attend to me right now. Yeah. So it's doing a whole lot for her. And that's not my way of going, so you know you live with a screamer, that's the only way it is. I'm also where you mention here her older sisters didn't do it and I immediately go, I wonder how many older sisters she has. And as the youngest child, mm. is this also yeah. a really good way to have yourself heard? and to have your presence felt when you're one of older kids above you. So I think there's a lot of what might be causing it and underpinning it, but what you do with it uh, or in response to it is the next thing. One of the ways is theatrically express how your ears hurt when she screams like this, you know, big over the top, ouch, oh, ow, my ears, my ears, to see if she like, oh gosh, didn't realise, I can, I can talk lower if you like, I can shout a little quieter than that. It may not affect that with her. Mm. The other way you approach it is always match and regulate. So in one way, I am saying, yes, scream back at her, but not in a way that you're just (laughs) shouting. You kind of use your voice and your words, but at a higher pitch going, what? What is it? What do you need? Oh, you needed me? You wanted me to come in and you thought you... And gradually you're bringing your voice down and her with you. So you match and then you regulate because what you can do with a two-year-old is get their eye contact and whisper in response to their screaming. Mm. Because if only to hear your whisper, they have to stop screaming. Yes. You know, so it is that way of saying, I need you to come down, but I'm not going to use my words because that's pointless at this stage. I'm doing the communication rather than speaking it. You could also turn on some music when she's screaming, not to drown her out, but to dance and to try and pull her and distract and redirect her, but into something that's about rhythm and synchrony because that triggers those systems in the brain associated with emotional regulation. So again, you're speaking to the part of her that's dysregulated without using words. So these are the ways that we respond to toddlers screaming. Mm. You're also giving her words for what's happening. You're really upset right now now and you're using your big shouty voice to say, hey, I need you because gradually she's going to pick up, hey, I need you 
is a different way of communicating yeah. this. Though, is she upset at all? It sounds like no, she, it could she's be. just no. got a brilliant way of communicating. It could be, I, I'm hungry. I want the TV changed. Mm. My sister has my toy. I simply want you to stop what you're doing and come in and play with me. It could be any of those things. But you can put words in that and say, oh, you really wanted me to come in. And now I see you. I'm going to finish my grown-up job and then I'm coming in. And you have to, whatever your grown-up job was at the moment, follow through and come back into her. But I think she will outgrow this, you yes, know. Yes, of it is a phase and mm. it's because it works. So try to come at it with creative, playful doing rather than saying, because if you just talk at her, that's literally the window open with the radiator <laughs> on. You know, it's not landing. <laughs> uh, right, OK. Oh, I, I suspect this is just a phase, maybe the running theme today. Uh, for the next question, anyway, my 17-year-old got a part-time job in the local shop a few months ago and is doing really well. She enjoys it and likes going in every Saturday and the odd Sunday. The best part for her is having her own money. She's always planning what she's going to buy and generally it's all silly stuff. I've always taught my kids to save from a young age and was very surprised to learn she's not saving any of the money she's making. She's nothing to show for her work, bar some silly fidget plastic thingies and clothes from pennies. She's wasting all her money away and I told her so. She is being silly for not saving it and told her not to give uh, and told her to give me a portion of the wages and I would save it for her as it's very important for her to do this. She's refusing. How can I instill in her the importance of saving no matter what the amount? I'm currently getting the silent treatment. So if Joanna knows a way to break down the wall, that would be really helpful. Oh, you're not going to like my way to break down that wall, I'm afraid. You need to go in and apologise. You know, that. oh, I know you're not. You're going, no way I'm right. It's not about who's right. It's about the relationship mattering more than who's right. And you've approached this in that real I told you so way. Mm. And in the history of learning a lesson, has anyone telling you I know better been something anyone has responded well to? Yeah. You know, so I think with this, you, you approach this with a sledgehammer. And you have to go in and apologise. And, you know, you've dismissed her purchases as silly stuff. You've done the I told you so. It's a very critical approach. These are all door slammers. You built this wall. (laughs) You know, the wall you're now trying to break down, you built it. So you have to go back and own that you got it wrong. Mm. A 17-year-old may not see that coming, by the way. So that in itself can be, oh, okay, interesting. Where are you going with this? And that can be an opening. You can say, I got it wrong. I wish I'd approached this differently. I really want to try again. And then you're going to move to a kind of three-step approach of, I'm so proud of you for having a job and working so hard. Mm. Because you have a 17-year-old who has gotten a job and is holding it down. You know, that's great. Genuinely, you can really give her praise for that. You can add in in your second step. You know, it's so much fun to have your own money and to get to spend it on what you want. Because it is. It is fun to have your first job, your Mm. first pay, to be able to go in and not have to ask for anything, but do it yourself. Mm. That's really that step into independence and individuation and that autonomy that really we want our teenagers leaning into. And then because I feel like you really, 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 really need to, your third step, and it is your third step, is I'm suggesting that you lodge 20% or 10%. I'm just an arbitrary figure, but you know, each week, for bigger items you might want to save up for, for un, you know unexpected things, or maybe you want to go on a trip or a night out with your friends and you can save up. Make it of interest to her to save that money. Yeah. And it's a suggestion you're making because it is her money. 
Yeah, and saying give it to me, maybe. Mm. Mm. I don't think so. No, no, also, you know, handing right. it to you is not the same as her saving it. It's yeah. you saving it. Yeah. And then she has to come to you and say, can I have my own money back, which is exactly what she's trying not to do. Yeah. So, yeah. no. I, and she's 17. She's not 27. She's not out there with a job, you know, trying to pay rent and save for deposits and all of those things. She's enjoying her part-time yeah, job and the freedom of going and the joy of going into pennies and buying and whatever her silly fidget plastic things are they're her treasures they're what yeah. she wants and she's earned them the first time she's earned exactly something. so yeah. I really think you got to step back and say I got this wrong and I'm okay admitting I got this wrong yeah Ooh. I know. Good luck I with did, that, You parent. might not like it, but yeah. <laughs> uh, my three-year-old has an aversion to water. He hates getting wet. He won't leave the car or the house if it's raining and puts up a real fight when you pick him up to, uh, when you pick him up to leave. He hates the bath and swimming is out of the question, really. I just don't know where it stems from as we never had a bad experience in the water or with water. I just about get him to shower for two minutes every couple of days. Thankfully, he'll drink water, no problem. I've tried uh, doing some more water play outside and had loads of toys and a little paddle pool, but he didn't want to get involved. Now, if there is sand and mud involved, he's fine. But water on its own seems to be an issue. It's quite common to ha- Is it quite common to hate water like this? How can I help him be more comfortable with water? I hate to think of the things he'll miss out on when it comes to swimming and activities. I mean, it's more of an aversion, isn't it? Because he, he hasn't had a negative experience of, you know, sometimes when small children have been in a swimming pool, they can't feel their feet on the yes, bottom and yeah. that can be very unsettling or they've maybe been dunked or something has happened like that. But it certainly isn't uncommon for small children to develop a phased, temporary aversion to the bath, the shower. You know, the shower in itself is interesting and you know, maybe not because not all homes have baths anymore in particular. Mm. And, you know, showers are maybe a more environmental way to, to use water. But I also think if you're a small child, the water coming at you and spraying at you, that may not be a pleasant sensory experience. So it might be that you join him in the shower or that you two minutes plenty. Get him wet, get him soaked, get him wet, get him out. You know, keep it quick. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, I understand you've tried the water play outside and the paddling pool. A paddling pool is still quite a big container of water. Yes. You know, and it yeah. still requires me to get into it to play with those toys. And you might be a step away from that. Keep doing what you're doing, but maybe structure it slightly differently. So keep playing with water because you're trying to build the tolerance. But think of it more like having a wet sensory bowl. So you're taking a baking bowl not mm. a big paddling pool. Yeah. And you're putting some water in there. I, I like to make that kind of a tepid temperature, you know, um, so not hot or cold, somewhere in the middle that's tolerant for little hands and for skin. I put a squirt of washing up liquid. I usually add a teaspoon of cinnamon or ginger or curry, something pungent smelling. And you can or cannot add glitter for sparkle. That's entirely a parental choice. I understand. <laughs> How much Aversion to glitter to <laughs> and everything that goes with it. But that would be enough even without that. And either he mixes with his hands, but that might not be within his scope right now so give him a little whisk a baking whisk Mm. and he can mix the water he'll get the bubbles the smell it's a sensory engagement and he can either scoop the bubbles from the top of the water so he's not putting his hand fully in and you can pass those bubbles hand to hand or he can dunk a toy and kind of fish it out build up to that but it's all contained within the size of a baking bowl so no more than his wrist is going to be in that water the other thing you could do to build up some um, tolerance with this is I like to take an ice cube tray and put, depending on the child, pieces of Lego or 10 cent coins or dried fruit, 
whatever the child's into, into the ice cube tray, fill it with water, make the ice cubes. And then you get the same kind of bowl of tepid water, not too much. And he puts an ice cube in each hand and just holds it in the water until it melts so he gets the reward inside, the Mm. little piece of Lego or whatever it might be that he can have. But you're building up that tolerance of the ice cold on his skin and his skin in the warmer water and he has to keep his hands in the water long enough for the ice to melt. Now, again, you might be building up to that. You can try it. It cannot work and you can try it again and you can build up that way. Anything like that. I also think when you're just doing the cooking for the dinner, just standing him beside you on a little safe stool where he can wash the veggies with you. So the focus isn't on the water, but the vegetables and the texture Mm. of vegetables and peelings in his hand or put him on the other side of you when you're doing a couple of um, dishes. And I'm thinking of, you know, the little tea sets kids have, not your actual Delph here because he's three. You wash and he can dry. So he's touching the wet item, but he's not having to submerge. Mm. Building up tolerance in more structured, gradual ways that are play focused might be easier for him. Yeah. Raining, though. I've never heard of that one before. Oh, I have. Yeah, Yeah, I have. And usually the children I've seen who have this aversion to rain or this fear of rain, which is unfortunate in this country because we get so much of it. So you can't avoid it. It also can be the sensation, a bit like the shower, of the rain hitting your skin. It just feels sensory, really unpleasant. Or maybe they don't like the, I mean, lots of kids love puddles. Not everyone does. Not everyone likes the feeling of the water going Mm, over the top of your shoe and soaking your sock and having wet soggy socks on. So it tends to be a sensory aversion to it, but you can't avoid rain. So there is going to have to be ways of keeping wellies in the car, keeping a brolly with his favourite cartoon or book character on the brolly so you can source those there. Every character is printed on everything these days. So you will get one of those. And just having your rain equipment in the car so that you're not caught in the hop. Yeah. So that whole muddy puddles thing is a lie, obviously. Um, (laughs) uh, My one-year-old son is not a great eater. He will put food in his mouth. He chews and chews, but ultimately spits the food out into his bib. He also holds food in his mouth and eventually spits it out. He stuffs loads in at one time too, which really scares me that he'll choke. I don't know why he won't swallow. The GP says there doesn't seem to be any physical reason for this and to persist. He will swallow yogurt and porridge, uh, but say anything he picks up for himself, which is all finger food, gets chewed and spat out. Are there things I should be doing differently? He's my first child and I'm at a loss. Yeah, I mean, this one is a little beyond my scope of expertise now, I'm going to say, because it's not like this child has had a gagging or a choking experience and this is more of an emotional or psychological aversion. Mm. That's not in here. I would it's great you went to your GP, but I would suggest you also consult with your public health nurse because your child's going to be due a developmental check in and around now, actually. So you could proactively reach out and say, look, we're having this issue because they may have feeding groups in your local health centre that would be really helpful around this. So you could talk to your public health nurse. You could also refer to a paediatric dietitian. This would be not new for them. They would definitely have dealt and they may have very key strategies at his age, you know, rather than me make a suggestion and it's not the right thing. Um, And they can advise about his swallow because I'm not, you're asking, why isn't he swallowing? I don't know. Mm. And also, you know, at some point you might want to just go to a paediatric dentist to have a look and see, is there something else going on there that might be about the oral development um, beyond what has been noticed at the moment? So I think that's it. I also think just as a practical thing, you can, this sounds like you're doing some baby led 
feeding stuff, which is mm. great and all of that if it works for you. But you can also, given he will eat the mushy stuff, you know, the yogurt, the porridge, you could be putting small amounts onto a plate or spoon, even if he's feeding himself just one or two, so he can't stuff his mouth. Yes. Because there is then yeah. the risk of choking. Yeah. And then when that's gone, put some, even if it's gone by being spat back out onto the bib, put, then put one or two more down. So there isn't the opportunity to stuff his mouth. And because he's still learning about food regulation, I think it is about, like your GP said, it is really about gentle, calm persistence. Um, and don't be afraid to use soups and smoothies as a way of getting calories and nutrients in mm. there in case weight loss is also a concern. But the bigger issue of the swallow and the chewing, I would like you to talk to your public health nurse or a paediatric dietitian about that. Yeah. Joanna, thanks a million Thank as you. ever. Joanna Fortune there. Moncrief. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Weekdays at 2pm on News Talk.